UCLA takes on Pitt in the Sun Bowl down in El Paso today, trying to do something that they haven't accomplished in eight years. Let's go. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day if you're watching on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I've got my man, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer, the host of Locked On at UCLA Bruins on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts to talk about the Sun Bowl. And Zach, I want to just dive right into it. UCLA is trying to accomplish two feats that has not been seen around this football program in eight seasons. A 10-win season and winning a bowl game. Haven't seen it since the 2014-15 season. That was the last time UCLA had a 10 in the win column or a W in their bowl game. That feels yeah. like that feels like it adds a level of importance to this game against against Pitt. I mean, it's important and we we will get to all the players in a moment, but it just feels like they're taking this, you know, very seriously. The, all the players, you know, it, they they can feel like a lot of the UCLA players, they're very old, you know, like DTR, Stefan Blaylock, they've been around for a while. They've almost been around for as long as Chip Kelly's been around. And despite the game last year being canceled, they technically haven't played in a bowl game in five years. So this is something they've been missing out on, a postseason type season, which they probably would have played in in 2020 or in 2021. But it just feels so long, and everybody's poking all the jokes of Chip Kelly until recently with the recruiting. And it just feels like, all right, it's time, he's building, and this is a great swan song for all the super seniors that they can try and equal the single-season program win record, which is only 10 which is weird as a UCLA fan. It's only 10, but, you know, all those years they played 11, 12. Here they are with a chance to win their 10th game and equal the single-season record. And the other thing, too, is it's year five for Chip Kelly. Like, I almost feel like the pressure is on UCLA squarely in this game when you just look at the big picture of this matchup with Pitt because this is year five for Chip Kelly, this is a fifth-year quarterback who's really good. We don't know if Zach Charbonnet is going to play, but they run the ball well no matter who is back there when, when Chip Kelly's been the coach. Jake Bobo is expected to play. You've got a lot of talent on the roster. Bill McGovern is back with, with the team finally. The defensive coordinator who's missed the last few games certainly has to make you think what might have been if, if he'd been available to actually be in the box calling those plays because it's really important when Chip Kelly is your head coach. But... This is an opportunity, Zach, for UCLA to make a statement about where they are at in in their rebuild because it's been a better win percentage every year since Chip Kelly took over. And winning this game against Pitt and putting that 10 in the left column for the first time in eight seasons, that feels like the sort of punctuation mark you want to have as a program when you're trying to build yourself into a consistent competitive team. And this is the year of what could have been, right? You talk about Bill McGovern, who's missed the last five games as the defensive coordinator. He's kind of a 
guy that fans go back and forth on. Chip Kelly's been a much debated figure, DTR, and there's nothing to hang their head on this season in 2022 without that 10 wins, if you think about it. If they don't get this win, this is the year that they could have gone to the Pac-12 title game, could have made it to a Rose Bowl. Arguably, if they had the schedule line up as it did with everything happening, you win out. Heck, even a potential college football playoff if everything went crazy right, right? So this is one of those things where, yes, it feels right. We're all feeling good. But kind of taking the negative side of it, you don't win this game. Then what, what is there to hang your hat on on a season that could have been, right? You sit there, 10 wins, and while we're feeling good with everything and Dante Moore, right? What, what are you going to hang your hat on with DTR breaking all the records and you're sitting there 9-4, and four, which is I, what I predicted before the season, kind of jokingly. But, you know, 9-4, and four, well, what is that? It, it is a good sign to build moving forward. But the 10th win is significant for a UCLA program. It's time to get that 10th win. But if they don't get it, what are they hanging their hat on this season? I, I don't think there is anything unless they get that 10th win and a bowl win, which they haven't had in quite some time. Yeah, I, I think it would feel like a major letdown to not reach 10 wins. I, I talked about on this show coming into the season that I expected them to reach the 10 win threshold, if not in the regular season, which is what I thought. And I was off by just, just a game since they've dropped one to Arizona. I thought they would get it there. Still an opportunity to, to have it here against a non-conference team, a good team that was in the ACC championship a, a year ago is going to be without a, a hefty number of players though. And we'll get to, you know, each of those individuals. But that's the other reason, Zach, I feel like the onus is on UCLA to win this game because you're playing in, in a game where both teams are going halfway across the country, no real advantage there. But when you're looking at opt-outs and players who are expected to play, it's advantage UCLA because they've got DTR and they've got Jake Bobo and their defensive coordinator is back. And I think even when these teams are at full strength, UCLA is the better football team. But now, when you remove so many pieces of the puzzle for Pitt, it, it, it increases the pressure on UCLA and, and Chip Kelly, who's, you know, been a little bit of a polarizing figure, really in his entire time in his college football coaching career, but at UCLA as well. I'm sure there are a lot of fans who like him and some who think, hey, we were supposed to be doing better than this at this point in time. There's no, there's no excuse, really, for UCLA to lose this football game. But for UCLA fans, you know, the kind of, ah, shucks, UCLA again. This is the game they would lose by 14 because it's bowl season, coached up, all this, you know, these goofy types of things. Like, who would have thought they would have lost to Arizona? In my right mind, an Arizona team who couldn't even stop the run, UCLA loses to that team. And now here you are against Pitt in a Sun Bowl where you're like, all right, you, you don't, you don't want to be here, but the players are taking it serious. But in, like, the history of UCLA, this is a game that they would lose, and just it would be a disappointing end. But with all the players, Pitt missing a starting quarterback, and even without their starting quarterback, they're without a starting running back who leads the country in touchdowns. Four key, if not more, starters on defense. Just DTR playing alone, UCLA should win this game. And even if Charbonnet doesn't play, this is a big game UCLA should win. And as you mentioned, I agree with you. UCLA would probably be favored if all things equal. Everybody stayed for both sides and played between one or two UCLA pieces here or a what seems like a dozen starters missing on pit side. It's a key matchup for UCLA to prove, hey, we can still win the games we're supposed to. And in bowl season, with all this preparation, what have you been doing these last two weeks? Well, or these last three, four month-long weeks, it's to win this game in a game where 
UCLA has almost everybody playing, especially on defense and offense. There's no reason they should lose this. Yeah, the line, according to our friends at, at Bet Online, has has got UCLA as a seven and a half point favorite. I think that line stretched out. It was hovering around five. Now it's over a touchdown. I think that came after the the opt outs were announced for for Pitt and being a seven and a half point favorite on a neutral field. Whereas I mentioned earlier, there's no real travel advantage one way or the other is indicative of of what Vegas thinks of UCLA, and that's you should win this game, and they should. And the Pac-12, I think, would really like them to, even though UCLA is not long for staying in our beloved conference of champions. But I will still tell you why after I tell you that if you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, maybe it's on New Year's Eve, which is, you know, tomorrow. Sometimes a few drinks becomes a few too many, and the evening comes to an end. People start to head out. You think you're calling for for a ride, but then you say, nah, you you live nearby. You can make a home okay. No big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, lose your license, lose your job, total your car, kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still, unfortunately, doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. Uber, Lyft, every rideshare service imaginable. Really easy to use right there on your phone because it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's for ever. Drive sober or get pulled over this message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The Pac-12 just had arguably its best regular season in nine or 10 years. There's an argument for either the 2012 or 13 regular season as to when the last time the league was this competitive and this deep. And UCLA has been a big part of that. And, you know, in classic Pac-12 fashion, they've all cannibalized each other a little bit, right? Like, Utah is the conference champion. They beat USC twice. USC beat UCLA, but UCLA beat Utah, and Utah beat, uh, who am I missing here? Utah beat Oregon State. UCLA beat Washington. Oregon lost to Washington and Oregon State, but Oregon beat Utah. Like You just keep going around, and I don't think it's an, a measure of there's no you know, there's no good teams here and everyone stinks. It's that everyone is good. There's no super uber great, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU team or a team having a TCU-like season necessarily. But I think you have a lot of good teams in the league right now. And you want to back that up with a strong bowl season. And as we record this show, the Alamo Bowl is later tonight. So we don't know the outcome at this point in time, but the Pac-12 is at worst 500 in bowl play, at best three and one so far, with wins from Oregon and Oregon State, and then Washington State lost a couple coordinators and fell to Fresno State in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. But the Pac-12 would like to have this win because yes, UCLA is leaving in the future. However, the league still wants to project strength as much as it can with the teams it has in the years that they are remaining in the league. And UCLA is going to be there next year. And if UCLA loses this game, Zach, I think there are going to be some AP voters who might not put them in the preseason top 25, given that they're losing Dorian Thompson-Robinson and Zach Charbonnet and Jake Bobo. But if you win this game, it's hard to look at UCLA and say, well, a 10-3 and team that returns a good amount of talent but has a couple questions here and there, that's a team that will come into the year ranked at least inside the top 25, maybe not top 20. But... 
I think that's the position the league would like to put itself in is have as many teams relevant in the conversation, getting talked about, getting buzz, bringing in high level players. That's what you want to have if you're the Pac-12 at this point in time. And I think that's why they'd like to have UCLA even more so than normal win, win this game because they're they're such a not not like heavy heavy favorite, but they're a pretty solid favorite in this game and they should win. I mean, a loss here and the the Pac-12 becomes the butt of jokes in the in the you know in the bowl season with more games to come potentially. But it just kind of sucks, right? The Pac-12's breaking up. Rise gets fun again, right? You have SC relevant. UCLA doing big things that people didn't think Chip Kelly could do, which is high school recruit high school kids and flip five stars. I mean, where did that come from? But maybe that's the onus on moving to the Big Ten. But either way, you know, it's it, right when it's getting fun, all the teams are getting more competitive. You have Arizona State making big changes. This is just a fun time with UCLA needing, you know, to try and kind of build that thing. And it takes, you know, the Big Ten. They have all those teams. The SEC, they have all those teams. At some point, they get, those teams, those programs, like say an LSU next year, they're going to go get a top 25 vote, whether they get it, they deserve it or not, right? Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, they're going to get a top 25 vote, whether they deserve it or not. USC, well, they're going to deserve it, right? Oregon, they're going to deserve it. UCLA needs to be one of those teams. You win this game, and then all of a sudden, hey, you're getting those pity charity top 25 votes in the preseason where you get the preseason hype, even in seasons you don't deserve it. And that's where UCLA and a lot of the Pac-12 has been missing out these last couple of years, where they either cannibalize themselves and make them not even good targets for next year, or they don't even get the preseason hype in general. Yeah, and, and I just think that if you're the league, you're trying to to create all the buzz that, that you can, and sometimes you do have to work a little harder for it being in the Pac-12, but it's pretty impossible to take a 10-win team and not put them in the top 25 the next year, right? Because this is the last impression that you make on recruits, last impression you make on media members, fan, like everyone that's involved with the sport and perception does matter greatly surrounding a program and a conference in in this beautiful sport we call college football. Let's get into specific matchups in the game, Zach. So DTR is expected to play. Zach Charbonnet, don't know. Jake Bobo is expected to play. I, I do think with the number of opt-outs that, that Pitt has whether or not Charbonnet plays, I, I would actually take UCLA and lay the seven and a half because I, I think they win this game by at least 10 points. Now, I also thought that once upon a time against a certain Wildcats team on a night we need not bring up for the sake of your mental health and, and well-being. But I, I feel good about UCLA because motivation matters the most in bowl games often. And UCLA going into this game they're playing for their first bowl win in eight seasons, first 10-win season in eight years. What would be their – they already have their highest win total under Chip Kelly, but I think 10 wins would be quite the statement in year five and be a testament to the fact that the rebuild has has gone well and that they can be here to stay. But most importantly, Zach, this is the last college football game for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the last game. I'm sure he will try and make it the NFL – whether that's as a quarterback or wide receiver, I don't know. But he is an elite, elite athlete. But he loves this game. And he cares every single week. He goes out there and plays. And I think he's the best player on the field, whether or not Keaton Slovis had played. But I think he certainly is now on either side of the ball, right? Either team's offense, either team's defense. DTR is the best player out there. And I think nobody wants to win this game more than he does. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe the over-under shouldn't be how much UCLA wants to win by. It's over-under how many DTR hurdles happen in this game, right? <laughs> you know, I know he's trying to build himself up to be an NFL prospect and do things post his UCLA playing career, but over-under how many hurdles? I say two. I'm, t- I'm saying, you know, over-under two. We're going to set a high mark. It's the bowl game. He hasn't played one before. Who knows? But, I mean, I bet to your point, the motivation is a big factor, right? This is a pit team who's, what, number two in the country when it came to sacks with the full defense. They led the country, tied for the lead when it comes to interceptions, returned for touchdowns. And we saw DTR some points this year where he threw a pick or two. So if this was a full stack game with both sides, it'd be a UCLA probably by three. And I would still lean that way even with the full stack. UCLA should win this game, should win this game by two touchdowns. But any talk about motivation, I- I'm not entirely sure I doubt UCLA's ability to win. But sometimes, even with all the motivation in the world, well, there's a team on the other side that came to play too, right? Didn't UTEP's coach drive three of the players from the airport? Yeah, to El crazy Paso? story. That's crazy. crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy story there. Awesome, by the way. Totally awesome. Yeah, if you guys missed it, the UTEP men's basketball coach, if I got this right, was stuck in the airport with three pit players who were trying to come back from the holidays. If you haven't had a plane postponed, canceled, or delayed in the last week or so, I don't know what you're doing. You probably stayed home. And... It, that's what happened to them, and they were trying to get to the Sun Bowl. So the Utah men's basketball coach is like, yeah, I got my family. I'll drive you. And he drove three pit players to the Sun Bowl. So tell me they're not motivated. If you're going with another team's coach that the coach doesn't even know exists, you know, it's it's a crazy story. So there's motivation on the other side to prove, hey, there's a starting quarterback job open, whether Pitt goes to the portal or not. There's a starting running back job open at Pitt as well because – Abanaconda was arguably one of the best running backs in the country, which could have been a Charbonnet Abanaconda showdown. We don't get that, unfortunately. Pitt's D-line has been fantastic. They force turnovers. But with all that gone, there's guys motivated who want to get those spots and prove this isn't a one-game letdown. We're going to keep this going. It's a system. It's a program. So I say, you know, UCLA maybe wins this by a touchdown when they should win this game by, like, three scores, you know. And in a normal world with all UCLA has – they should win this by three scores. But you don't know. You just never know. The bowl games make you think anything can happen, you know. Well, anything often does happen, can and will happen, which is why I, I'm i a huge fan of bowl season. I, I, I love watching these games. I love seeing where teams have come in their development, how they match up with a team that they don't typically get an opportunity to play yeah, against. Well, exactly. Arkansas had 51 exactly. players and they right. go in up 25 and Kansas comes back. It's like, well, what's going on? Exactly. There are 15 with 109 to go. And then Kansas scores, gets the onside kick scores, two point conversion. Like that, that sort of stuff is just fantastic. I always think of, you know, in a PAC 12 example, the 2012 Alamo bowl, Washington and Baylor. It's like one of the greatest games ever. Neither of those teams was competing for a national or conference championship that year. But guess what? It was just a great game. It was just fun to watch. You learn a lot about your teams. You can learn a lot about players. And I I think you made a really, really good point, Zach. When you talk about opt-outs going into a bowl game, what you have to then discuss, if you're being thorough and intellectually honest, is the opportunity that is presented to guys who are going to play with that hunger and passion. So maybe they're not quite as talented, but motivation level on a team-wide level can certainly play into it. And maybe the motivation you know, drops a little or the vibe is not quite as strong for Pitt because they have so many players who won't be playing in this Sun Bowl against UCLA. But 
you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. That's now an opportunity for a young guy who's played a little this year or has been in and out of the starting lineup to showcase what he can do against a quality opponent. And that's why it's fun for teams and for fans to watch these games and say, hey, that guy played a little this year, but he played a lot in the bowl game, and that's a good team. And boy, he looked really, really good. Are there any guys like that on, on UCLA's side where you have someone who's expected to to miss the game and, you know, that's creating a void for, for playing time? I mean, I think Cats Allen would be the clear one just declared for the NFL draft. Um, he's been said to be unavailable, which with Chip Kelly can mean a bunch of things. Hasn't really practiced over the bowl season. So in my mind, UCLA has a hole at receiver. Bobo's going to be gone. Allen will be gone. There, there's going to be some jobs up for grab. And whether... I've kind of listed three guys. Cam Brown's been a starter. Titus Mokiel Atimilala has been a guy. And then I kind of highlighted Logan Loya, who had a big touchdown catch against Utah to kind of seal that game in the fourth quarter, about a 70-yard touchdown catch and run and a little underneath dump pass. Loya is listed as the number two under Allen, which means he'd probably get the start, barring some crazy change, Allen coming to play in this game or suiting up or whatever. So I would think, one, UCLA, I would think in the receiving core is a big spot. And then two whether Charbonnet plays or doesn't play, who's running back number two that can shift up to be running back number one? Is it TJ Harden? Is it a Keegan Jones? Because remember, UCLA has a good track record of pulling transfer running backs, and they already got the Army product, the three-star Anthony Adkins, who sat out this year, who might come and be that big bruiser, and Chip Kelly, as we saw in 21, like those two back systems. So I think who's going to come in and be that slot receiver that can be that speedster that can fill in for Kaz Allen and depending on if Charbonnet does or doesn't play, who steps out and proves and balls out, hey, we want to put ourselves moving forward that this is Chip Kelly's system. Charbonnet's a beast, of course, but it's a system that's going to be good with either running back. Who gets that first leg up going into 2023? And Chip Kelly's had a long track record of succeeding with a variety of running backs. You look at his Oregon days, it was LeGarrette Blunt, And then it was, you know, he was the OC with Jeremiah Johnson was really good. Then it was little Michael James. DeAnthony Thomas was in there. Kenyon Barner was very good. But at UCLA, there's been Demetric Felton. There's been Britton Brown. There's been Zach Charbonnet. Keegan Jones has done some good things. Yeah, Josh Kelly. That's the guy that I was was trying to think of as I was listing all those other names. So I I think they're going to be able to run the football here. I I don't think Pitt's defense presents too much of a challenge there. But let's get into our our game predictions for, for this one, Zach. I do feel good about UCLA because of the motivation factor. I think they're a better team anyway. Pitt's opt-outs, I think, limits you know what they can do, though it does create an opportunity for young guys, as we discussed. But I, I think UCLA shows up and tries to send a little bit of a message here that, hey, you might have forgotten about us because we stumbled uh, against USC in a game they very easily could have won, stumbled against Arizona in a game that they should have won. I mean, they should have won both of those games, but, you know, Close games aren't always going to go in, in your favor and such. So I, I think they're trying to make a, a little bit of a statement there. And I, I trust Chip Kelly and DTR to be able to score points. I think DTR is going to try and ball out, go for 300-plus, and score as many touchdowns and hurdle seven defenders at once and all the great things he's capable of doing. I, I actually believe in UCLA getting Bill McGovern back. I think helps him quite a bit. I think it's 35-24 Bruins over Pitt. Bill McGovern, when he was – the D coordinator for the first seven games, UCLA gave up a touchdown less and forced 12 turnovers, averaging about two per game in the first six they played before they played your beloved Ducks The in that you know infamous non-UCLA game, whatever happened there. So they did a lot of forcing turnovers, score, allowed a touchdown less, 
And then they're playing a team who is not going to have starting quarterback, starting running back, multiple defenders who are key to pit success all around the line, linebacking, secondary, each level of defense. They will be missing contributors, whether it be leading tackles, leader in sacks, all Americans, different guys. And while they do have some talent, this is a game UCLA on paper is going to lose people some money, I bet. Seven and a half, he says the line. Yeah, that's I what it's a, moved out to at Bet I have Online. a feeling UCLA, this game for some reason gives me a feeling that this one will be on bad beats come Monday <laughs> for some reason. Like this I is either this is one of those games where either UCLA, if you remember that Washington game, could be up three scores and then it could toggle to like that eight point where they ended up beating Washington 40 to 32 or something like that. It's off the top of my head. Or it could like be close to that seven and a half. Or UCLA could just be like, all right, lay an egg, and then all of a sudden wake up and then have a crazy, ferocious comeback because they have the power to go put up 30 straight and Pitt can't stop them with what they have on paper, what they have available for this game. So I, I kind of lean, you know, I don't want to look over, you know, look past Pitt. I think UCLA by six kind of a 38. 32 type of game for some reason, you know, like I, I feel they should, they should win this game by two to three scores and it wouldn't shock anybody. But for some reason, I feel this game is close, whether UCLA is control of the whole time and Pitt scores a late, you know, bad beats touchdown or kicks a field goal and does something like Stanford Cal, you know, get some Pac-12 action in there. Who knows? But I just feel 38-32, a game UCLA should win by two scores like they should have against Cal in the end of the regular season. Should have against Arizona State, and they let Arizona State back in. They should have held on against Arizona in the fourth quarter, and those are all things they didn't do, right? They had a two-score lead against USC. So that's kind of the season that it's been. What you expect to happen hasn't always happened with UCLA in this 2022. They generally were on the winning side, most games often than not. But here we are. I think they win by six. Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, host of Locked on UCLA Bruins on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. He will be watching the Sun Bowl. I'll be watching the Sun Bowl. Hope all of you will as well. I appreciate everybody listening. I will see you next time on Monday as we take a look at the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl, Utah and Penn State. See you then, and until next time, have a wonderful rest of your day.